Wait, pause it for a second. Oh, for fuck's sake! We're running! <laughs> oh, God! <laughs> okay. Alright, anyway. Alright, let's try it again. Two, one, go! <laughs> Hello everybody, we are back with Death of Stalin Part 3, this is Hatch History, this is Lucas, along here with this motherfucker over here, he will remain nameless, just <laughs> welcome, to, welcome to Company 401k, how can I help you? Company 401k, yes. Yeah, that's good. For legal reasons, we're not going to go We're not allowed to. Alright, anyway, moving on. This guy's name's Jake. That um, is indeed correct, that's what's on, yes, that's on, what's on my shirt. So he that works, I never forget what my name is. He works for a company unnamed school district. Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> this man is employed by a school, everybody. Okay. Anyway. That makes me sound like I'm sort of a fender fucking guy. <laughs> he may or may not have known Jeffrey Epstein. But anyway, I that's, didn't and I don't because I don't have enough money. That's what they are. So. And I'm not Donald Trump, so. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're going to be continuing with Death of Stalin Part 3. Uh, if you haven't listened to the first two, please go back and do fucking that. Fucking do it. What's oh, your problem? Jesus. Tell you what, this one might be a little fucking confusing for you. Also, we're, we're coming fresh off the acquittal of the last president who decided to just, I don't know, overthrow democracy. So we're a little salty For the tonight. second time. For the second time. I'm just a tad, I'm just a tad salty the Republicans don't have balls. But to and be I'm, honest, they don't have the salty... seven of them. They don't have Seven the salty chocolate balls that we all know and crave. Chef's sweet and salty balls. Or no, that's sw- that's the sweaty balls. You know what? Fuck no, it. No, sweaty balls. There's too much balls out. references going on here in this room. But anyway, in um, the studio, our producers telling us to knock it out. Well, <laughs> I mean, that would imply that I'm saying that I'm not because I'm participating because I'm also the producer. No, so. you're not <laughs> trying to make this sound like it's bigger than it is. All right. Well, it's not. So moving on. We are very low budget. Anyway. Yeah. If you're hearing this, we're recording it on my cell phone. <laughs> yeah, we are doing great. And it's just the best. Come on. And you know who else was doing great at this point? Not so much. Joseph Stalin. Yeah, but anyway, that's right. Before we get into the episode, uh, please go ahead and give us a follow on Instagram at hacked underscore history if you like us. Or go ahead and follow us on Facebook. Or go ahead and send us an email if you have any questions. Uh, we do appreciate ratings out there, even if they're less than than uh, five stars. But of course, we do appreciate five stars the most because it does help us out greatly. We appreciate you. Thanks for listening. Oh, also shout out to our constant listenership in the U.S. What's up, guys? Shout out to India for ha- having an, also another great stable listenership. Oh yeah. And also shout out to the U.K. who's eight uh, percent of our audience this last twenty eighteen. Hey, not bad. Not bad. Uh, thanks, thanks to everybody Again, over there. Again, Yuri, Yuri out there in the Moscow district, we hope you're okay, man. We yeah. don't know where you've gone. To any of our possible Russian listeners... If there were any, I think you're dead. Well, we hope not. I hope not, but I think you might be. But anyway, we're going to get back at Death of Stalin. Jake, where did we leave off here? Okay, so where we left off was an old Papa Stal. He had a stroke, you know? And he pissed himself, and... Yeah, that's... <laughs> Yeah, he was basically just a mumble, or not even a mumbling, I think he was just a utterance-like vegetable at this point. Much like a car engine, his life just sort of stalled here. Pretty much. Nice. Nice. <laughs> I hate my stuff for that one. That was a great dad joke. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Uh, but yeah, and we talked about everybody who kind of was around him, uh, and we get to figure out how much of a shithole Varia is. Who finally dealt with that squirrel. All right, anyway. Squirrels, yeah. Squirrels are That's beautiful. what that sound was. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, moving on. Looking for some D's nuts. <laughs> yeah, got him. 
Fuck off. Got it. You sound like a high schooler. Stop. Oh, fuck. Anyway. That's never too old. To ah, you know, it is for me. Anyway. So, oh, uh. Gundam style. Fucking welcome to 2011 <laughs> again. Anyway. Alright. So, uh, where we left off basically was that, yeah, Stalin had got this stroke, and Stalin had actually been out of action since, like, the middle of the night prior to 10.30 at night that day that people finally found him. So he had been down for a long ass time. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of where we pick up. And what I like to call the next installment of Let's Decide the Fate of the USSR, a Milton Bradley game. Milton Bradley? Yeah. It and also, does it, just like Monopoly, does it take about four hours to play? Yes. <laughs> and there's a lot of emotions. I'm, there's Monopoly's the only game I think I've ever played where I've literally gotten depressed because I have no real fake money. <laughs> it's... It really is. It's a good. It's a good representation of capitalism, isn't it? It is. Yeah. I think that was the point. It makes you sad. Anyway, um, you're on top of the world, just hookers and blue, and then finally, you're that guy with his hat, and he's got nothing in his pockets. Eh, gotta get a get out of jail free card. Wait, well, you Jimmy Stewart's character from uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. Fuck. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know why I got sad there. Yeah, so at this I point in time... There. <laughs> yeah, at this point in time, so the Dodger staff, who had actually found him, who was definitely afraid of waking him up, by the way, so that's why they had waited so long, they carried him onto a sofa in the dining room of that house, wherein they covered him with a rug. Beautiful. In my mind, I always think it's one of those big-ass placement rugs that they just covered him in a rug. Preferably the rug he pissed on. Does that add insult to injury because he's still alive? They probably found a different rug. Oh, I'm sure they did. Yeah, consensus among that staff was to basically call a doctor. That's what any sane person would do, but the fact was... Probably would have done that a lot sooner, huh? Yeah, here's the problem with that one. Stalin was deeply suspicious of doctors, and we talked about that in the last episode, where his doctor told him to chill it the fuck out, and Stalin was indeed not chill. Instead, he almost had that doctor shot. So, uh, yeah, he's not batting too hot right now. Um, but the MGB officers, for what it's worth, an MGB is basically just the group before, it was the group before the KGB. They were after the NKVD, but they were before the KGB. Uh, this specific officer decided to be a little bit more prudent and basically sort of wait on instructions from the party higher-ups. And there is a reason for that, and we'll go a little bit into that. But that specific officer who decided to wait was uh, the MG, or sorry, the MGB boss, Ignatiev. And the fact is that he waited practically another 24... They had to wait practically another 24 hours. And the chances of Stalin recovering at that point would probably have been minimal, as any operations that would have been done on him would have been more harmful than helpful at this point. Because if you think about it, this is the 50s, the early 50s too. Stroke surgery, stroke recovery programs, not exactly that great right now. You know, where it's literally just if you have a stroke, then we just take you to the county home. And uh, you decide to just not be able to use half your face for the rest of your life. So that's, that's how that's that rolls. That's decision you've made. Yeah, apparently. Because apparently it's the, according to the 1950s, at least in America, it meant that you were probably homosexual, even though there was no science to back that up. Um, yeah, the 50s was fucking terrible. It was awful. Um, but I digress. Why do you think they waited? Why did they wait, Jake? Why did they wait? I'm asking you that question. 
be honest with you, I have no idea why they way. Well, you know what? You are literally the worst right now. Okay. So, <laughs> the reason why they waited, and again, this is another element of Stalin's personality that really fucks him, besides the suspicion of doctors, besides the paranoia, is the fact that he created a system where he was the person who made all the decisions, as therein a dictator does. He basically created a system that when he finally had a stroke and he couldn't speak for himself, he got bit in the ass because they had to wait for somebody else to tell them what to do. The individual, it's again, it's a communist system in general. The individual does not go on their own. It is not a sort of like opportunistic system. Everybody works together. Or you allegedly. Allegedly. In that, they literally had to wait for the Kremlin to get back to them, which was another 24 hours because Stalin didn't have a second runner-up. So the communist system is very much about bureaucracy. Bureaucracy, bureaucracy, bureaucracy. Oh, yeah. The best kind. All of it in Slavic and very sad. It gets to the point where, honestly, like, they didn't do this, but it's almost to the point where it's like, you want to take your shit? Well, have you filed papers yet? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> That's kind of how it worked. But, uh, yeah, the fact was they called around. They kept calling and calling and calling, and they didn't pick anybody up. They got Malenkov first, and Malenkov was like, well, let, talk to Beria. Because, of course, he talked to fucking Beria, the most dangerous person in the group. And they couldn't get Beria, because apparently he was fucking his mistress at the time. They did, however, pick up... How old up... was that mistress? What's that? <laughs> so how old was that mistress, given what we know about Beria? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, yeah. If you if you haven't watched this the first episode, yeah, Beria was a pedo, um, and that's not even like a joke. That's just a serious thing. And no, he also may have personally about... murdered women. They found them in his flower bed like a serial killer. So there's always something to think about. And we're not joking about that, by the way. It's fucked no, up. No, no, it's really fucked. Fuck. And it it does. He never really gets brought up on it, obviously, but. They know, everybody knows, at least in the inner circle. Good news is, some bad things are going to happen to him real soon. Oh, yeah. Just oh, real soon. Sit in. Sit in. I mean, sit on, sit on, sit on Uncle Jake's lap. We'll tell you the story. If you're an adult, don't do that. If you're a kid, also don't do that. Really, it's just a metaphor to get you comfortable. Um, But I will say also, I never condone violence against people, but, like, I'm not, like, upset that it happened to him because... Fucking heck coming, though. Yeah, he did. I'm not going to say, he's like, hey, go out and execute people. They did hold a tribunal... Air quotes. But, uh, yeah. I would say I'm not surprised this is how it ended for him. So we get there. Uh, we're kind of jumping the gun here a little bit. Here we are. We're jumping the sickle and the hammer, so yeah. to speak. Is that your new book? Jumping the sickle and the hammer. Is it just, is that literally just like Evil Knievel goes to Russia? Is that what that is? <laughs> it's just a picture of Evil Knievel jumping over the nice. Soviet Union. Travis Pastrana is going to jump the, uh... The former USSR. <laughs> I'm gonna do an ollie kick. I'm gonna do Tony Hawk's gonna do an ollie kick flip over the USSR. It's just gonna be like that meme where the guy tries to jump over the puddle in his new kicks, and the editing goes and has him just fly away. <laughs> you know which one I'm talking about. We're gonna get Steven Spielberg to produce the project. It's gonna be amazing. It's gonna be great. I love it. Anyway, so yeah, uh, they called, they called, they called a little bit. Nobody picked up. They got Malenkov. Malenkov told them to call Beria. They couldn't get to Beria because he's probably fucking. Not in a good way. Um, uh, probably yeah. raping, actually, more than anything. But uh, uh, he then demanded... Oh, in my laugh, there was nervous, like... Yeah, no, that was like a, fuck, this is really fucked, but yeah. this is how you kind of... Yeah. So, um, but they did eventually get a hold of Barry, who demanded that, of course, nobody know what had transpired, because no one could know that Stalin had had a stroke, because Papa Stalin's the best. What? 
<laughs> well, the squirrels are back. <laughs> Fuck you. Anyway. Keep going, you ass. So, yeah. So, Beria and Malenkov are the first ones to show up. Of course, around that, and that was around about 3 o'clock on March 2nd. So, uh, let's say 0300, I think I wrote, but it was like 3 o'clock in the morning. This is 3 in the morning. <laughs> Jesus Christ. This man is... Ru- okay, the leader, the current leader of the USSR has himself rolled in a fucking rug. <laughs> and he's been struck out for at least 24 hours. There's a metaphor there, but I... There is, and I'm not going for it. But yeah, Malenkov eventually did phone Khrushchev and Volganin, who wouldn't come in a little bit later, but those were the first ones to arrive on the scene and inspect Stalin's condition. Uh, and here, basically, both of those men, and this comes from Montefiore's book, they said that fearing Stalin's wrath should they disturb him did not go to check on him. <laughs> In fact, Barry had told his, his uh, uh, Stalin staff, Lagachev, go in and talk to him. <laughs> like a bitch. Joseph Barry was too scared to he talk. He was a fucking bitch. Because Barry probably knew he had the most to lose. But that comes in later. And Lagachev, basically sensing their apprehension, finding, all right, you pussies, I'll go do it, tried to explain Barry... Late, like logically, Stalin, who still was in his pissed clothes, <laughs> was in desperate need of help. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just, I don't have words for how fucking stupid all of this. Oh, is. it's about to get bad. Here comes the important part. Beria reacts angrily to that statement, naturally. Lozgachev goes and talks and s- basically. He was sleeping. Remember we kind of talked about that? That Stalin yeah. had kind of fallen into a sleep? And so Lozgachev brought them in eventually. And Beria looks at him, sees him sleeping, snaps at him and says he's panic-mongering and orders him not to disturb him anymore. What? Yeah. They, they didn't even look at him. They didn't. Apparently they didn't smell. The whole room smells like popcorn. And piss. Yeah, that's kind of what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so that was the problem here was that this basically, this fucking around defers him receiving medical profession for another 12 hours. Ah. <laughs> Keeping him basically, quote, paralyzed, incontinent, and unable to speak. Yeah, anyway, this lack of action is kind of difficult to understand, but again, it reflects that really stringent policy of deferring decisions to higher authority. And Stalin is the higher authority. Because here's what they're afraid of. Respect my authority. Basically. What they're afraid of is this. Should he make a miraculous recovery, which at this point we know isn't happening with hindsight, but at the time they didn't know how fat it was, he was going to have them all probably shot for calling a doctor. He was so fucking paranoid. So really, he just shot himself in the ass and wondered what was going on. Think about that. This man was so stupid, he didn't realize that he was doing something that might fuck himself over the most beautiful yeah. way. But why would he realize that? Because he was so paranoid that... Yeah, because future him was going to come back. He can't possibly be the architect of his own demise. Unless future him is... Oh my god, he's got to go back and execute him! And what better person to take him out than himself? <laughs> this is like that fucking bit in, in uh, South Park where the, the dirty cop goes like, the only person I can't trust now is me. And he shoots himself. I mean, it's so fucked up. It's really like that, oh. though. God. So yeah, furthermore, the other members of the Politburo, who were, you know, his political circle, 
are effectively now rudderless, just free floating here. The, the, the deep be paralyzed. Uh, there are some people might say, without a paddle. Yeah. Whoa, black pig. Anyway. Yeah, uh, they were rudderless, they were deeply paralyzed because Stalin's not there to tell them what to do. And yeah, and they were afraid, should he recover? Daddy isn't home. Daddy's not home. And should Daddy recover from his drinking poo sleep? Daddy's gonna be pissed. From his drinking poo sleep. If he ever comes back. You're fucked. You are fucked. Everyone of you's fucked. You like, thought the Western movies were bad. Oh, the Western. <laughs> How about this? The, the fucking shallow trench in the middle of the woods with you and eight other dudes. And uh, you're the only one who doesn't have a gun. So, yeah, just thinking about that. Yeah, without the gun part, now it sounds like it could be a gay porno, you know? Eight guys, one trench. Sorry. Is that saving Ryan's privates? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, oh God. God. Octa dick instead of octopus. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is a porno somewhere. It has to be. It's gotta be it a has to be. <laughs> some, some dusty basement of some weird guy who's like, I'm a bit of a Bond fan myself. <laughs> That's what he's talking oh, so about. you just see like, this middle school band playing the James Bond theme. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, but it's like the hard cut. Like they, they were playing at a concert and nothing to do with the porno, and then they just cut in. It was like, go finger. Dicks everywhere. <laughs> oh okay. Anyway. <laughs> it, was not, it wasn't Goldfinger. I was, I was talking about Octopussy. I don't really care what that song was. It's all the same shit. Tina Turner's there, doing songs. This is before she does uh, Mad Max Three, uh, Master Blaster. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so here's what happened. They conferred Beria because he was technically the most powerful at this point, because he runs the secret police, and secret police runs everything. Um, Beria then leaves the dacha with Malenkov at this point to rejoin Khrushchev and Bulgarian, and we're in, as Stalin is still dying on the sofa, covered in urine, going on hour ten of that, Jesus Christ, the four began dividing the power amongst themselves. But this was kind of foreseen, right? We'd already talked about the yeah. fact they were all just kind of waiting for him to drop dead. Everybody kind of hated him. But they... It's weird. They hated him, but they couldn't live without him. They were afraid of him, but they couldn't live without him, right? It was a really weird... It's, it's a cult leader mentality, right? Oh, The yeah. idea of, like, well, when the, you're afraid... Like with Jim Jones, you think about it. Like, you're afraid when you were living in Jonestown, but Jim Jones is all you know. Well, and the thing is, it's, uh, it's really about being able to control all of the aspects of someone's life because then even if you don't like that person or if you're scared of that person you have no other options or choices yeah it's your pillar that's why it's so hard to get out of cults and things it's like that it's such a weird Stockholm Syndrome almost because of that because well, they're holding you hostage effectively you just don't know it after a while because they take away the freedoms you have so it, in a lot of regards yeah. like there's no no yeah, there it, is no it's really fucked it is very fucked but this is a very open way of looking at um, at this point, of course, Stalin is still alive. Like I said, his first deputies, Malakov and Beria, were now legally in charge of the Politburo. This is going to go awesome. Yeah, until a meeting could be called, at which point in time they'd have to figure out something else. So, emergency-wise, Beria and Malakov are now leading the show. So, right. plotting nothing on... Nothing could go wrong. Nothing, nothing at all. So, plotting on his grave, here we go. So, here's the point... All four, Beria, Khrushchev, Bulganin, and Malakov now, are all acting semi-independently at this point in order to protect their own in- positions and interests. Molotov and McCoy have not been notified yet of this. <laughs> Great. They've been left out. Great stuff. <laughs> nice. <laughs> These two dudes get late, like, called to the party real late. Uh, the, one of the most 
to lose, like I pointed out earlier, was Beria. Beria was becoming more and more expendable as time had gone on, and he was becoming more and more powerful. So in Stalin's eyes, because Stalin didn't want a challenger, he's like, at some point in time when Beria gets too fat for his pants, which he is definitely too fat for his pants, we're going to have him killed. And then we're just going to put somebody else in charge. Because Stalin could do that shit. He could literally command the army to roll in because they well, hated the NKVD. It's just, just paranoia. I think. Yeah. It's, it... You could just order somebody else. There was enough backbiting and infighting going on that you could find somebody who hated him because he it, fucking it, did a lot of that shit. His whole fucking thing was essentially like, I'm scared of everyone, so therefore everybody but me basically should die because... Yeah, I... and everybody but me and my daughter. That's who he, cared, he loved and cared about. And his son, Vasily, who ain't shown up yet, he doesn't give a shit about. No. No, you don't. You're, you're the sad thing. You see, like, when you said everybody but me and my daughter, I thought of the fucking Beatles song where it's just like... But me and my monkey. Do, 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 do. You never heard that one? No. Yeah, that's the Beatles song. Wait, that the okay. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> what tell, the fuck? I'll tell you the name of that song just in just a second. All right, all right. We can't play it Hold for on. copyright reasons, but oh no, you can play ten seconds of it before uh, for some guy who's dressed like Ringo comes in and puts a bullet in your head. <laughs> or the actual Ringo song. Well, I don't think Ringo Ringo seems pretty chill. Yeah. Like, hey, I didn't ask him to do that. That's all right. <laughs> I don't... I don't know about free love. I don't... Paul McCartney might be pretty pissed. He seems like he's still holding back. Actually, I don't know. I don't know if he's pissed. I mean, the way I think about Paul is, like... Paul's just more pissed that Michael Jackson owns all their music right now. And not them. Yeah. I don't think he's pissed Oh, wait, so it'd be Michael Jackson's estate that would sue us. (laughs) His ghost is gonna come and crotch grab his way into our wallets. Michael Jackson's gonna come and last me a night, but you won't do that because I'm not a little boy, so I think we're clear. Is that why you dress up like in a sailor suit when you sleep? <laughs> With the big lollipop and the fucking... The, the blonde curls like, No one but a sleep in my bed tonight! With a note that says Thriller was the best album ever. <laughs> You're lying face down with your ain't Like pants around your ankles with your butt in the air. Michael, I'm waiting for you. There's so many ways this could go. So I feel like at that point, even if Michael Jackson's ghost was thinking about it, I'd be like, this is too perfect. It's clearly a trap. This is a trap. You have this you under a giant cardboard box with a stick, and then when it happens, you're going to pull this, the string attached to the stick and trap it's him like under the, the box. like undercover cop where he like literally has sex with the people before Oh, God. Come on, I can take you out. <laughs> Good job, John. <laughs> Goes and marries the pimp like 20 years later. Uh, holy God. <laughs> was it, what was his name? Big something or other? Something like that. Was the pimp? Oh, God. Something the phenomenal. Sugar Daddy. Both fans, sugar. by the way. I keep thinking Pepper Jack from Always Sunny in Philadelphia, but I didn't know. No. Um, so anyway, moving on. Uh, yeah. So Barry is the most to lose, the most expendable. He has been absent for the bigger political shifts at this point. The MGB, the Doctor's Plot, Command of the Dasha's Bodyguards... So, okay, it's called Everybody's Got Something to Hide But Me and My Monkey. Sweet, swear to God, that's on the White Album. You know what? I'm not surprised. Um, moving on. It's on the White Album. I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> and so basically, too, one of the things was that in, in Beria not being part of a lot of the bigger shifts of the 1950s and the late 40s, was that him basically being divested from that meant he wanted the most out of him or out of Stalin dying. I'm not, what? The squirrels aren't back. Squirrels are back, Jake. They're back in black. Alright, well Ow. I don't know if Angus Young's gonna kill us now. Um But yeah, so the fact was that he wanted him dead and he wanted Stalin out from under the spotlight so that Barry could come in and take charge. 
So that Wednesday night, March 3rd, the four of them returned to their homes and spoke nothing of this to their families. They said nothing. 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 <laughs> Looking for a reaction from nothing. you. Nothing. Because you look. Nothing. Yeah. Hey, Jake. Maybe we should examine them. Why don't you sit down? Where's your Chris? I'm going to see Chris Hansen. I'm going to write a Tracy. Oh, no, Chris, I'm just here to write Tracy. It's okay. You want to write a Tracy with me? Oh, oh, okay. Uh, you yeah. want some cookies? You don't yeah. want Sure. I would just love the thought process of, like, Chris Hansen and the guy that we're talking about that we can't name because of legal reasons. And he's not a pedo. But, um, is that Chris Hansen just comes and hangs out with him, like, two, like, middle school kids, like, hanging out. <laughs> Yeah, My mom dropped me off, but she says I gotta be back before dinner. <laughs> and just to be clear, we're not insinuating either one of them. At no, 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 we're not. We're just not. I know because when people are like, "Well, why is Chris Hansen there?" and it's like, "Oh, well, we gotta explain this now." Um. So yeah, moving on. They didn't say anything to their families. Their families don't know yet about Stalin's strokey poo. Um. <laughs> but back, like, meanwhile, like Casabo, like, like, like masturbation. <laughs> You ever, ever say, <laughs> say strokey poop pretty much ever again, please? Well, now I'm going to say all of them. So, yeah, so the image of fucking Stalin just whapping one out. Just, <laughs> oh, 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 God. Oh, oh. Yeah, but meanwhile at Concebo, <laughs> Lozgachev is becoming kind of desperate here. He is, again, Stalin's, like, next to second guy there at the house. And he woke another member of Stalin. He was, he was working up members of Stalin's yeah, staff to contact there, you okay? the Politburo to authorize a doctor to show up. He's flipping his shit right now. The bureaucracy needs to, needs to go through so the doctor can you do something here. Um, okay, and I can't again. His staff is still fearing him waking up, but also they're now afraid of being eliminated should Stalin die. You're not <laughs> fucked either way. Who who's gonna win? I don't know. <laughs> I just love the my mental image of reading the book and thinking about the whole series of events is just them running through the house like, oh my god! Extreme <laughs> we don't know what to do. Extreme paranoia. Yeah, no, they're all like fucking just scared shitless. Like I would have loved if there were no consequences. I would have loved to have been in that house to see what was happening. Like people were panicking oh, a little bit. There's like a resignation. Like the NKVD was just gonna come in. Or sorry, the. Uh, the MGB was just going to come in and start just killing people left and right to deal with them. Oh, fuck. Because that's how that works, right? They just start wiping people out. Like, that's just how it goes down. But uh, in Monty Fiore's book, it does put the decision thusly. And to quote this directly from the book, it says, The terror that prevented the leaders calling the doctors now made the guards demand them. So in a weird way, the leaders in the Politburo who were so afraid of Stalin's terror, that same terror was now motivating his guards to call a fucking doctor. It's so fucking weird. Oh, goddamn. It seems like terror is an equal opportunity in play. Pretty much. Yeah, after further consultation, Malenkov was indeed contacted again and he informed Beria it was the decision was finally made to bring the doctor in. Alright. Make this very obvious to everybody. There was 12 hours... And then there was almost another 12 hours. It's been a full almost 24 to 36 hours of this shit. Oh, God. Anyway, not long after Khrushchev did come back, along with this time Molotov. Hey, Papa Molly's back. <laughs> oh, God. Papa Molly. All right, yeah. So they That's come good. Back. Is that your club nickname, Papa Molly? No. 
You missed the joke, but anyway, moving on. All right, Lucas is just not feeling it. <laughs> His top military brass also comes to speak with Stalin. And uh, <laughs> they received no response, eliciting tears from those in the room. And uh, connected to the inner circle. So naturally, of course, again, they can't imagine living without him. They are sad, though. They are sad. Except for Beria. Who is probably jerking himself off about this Barry opportunity? Barry is incapable of being sad about fucking. Anything. I think Barry's capable of emotions. Period. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, now we're on to the morning of March fourth, seven a.m. The doctors, led by Professor Lukowski, who's the chief doctor of the Ministry of Health, come to see the paralyzed asshole. That's what I wrote in my notes. All right. That's what we figured out. Here's the problem with that. Team had never worked with Stalin before. And they were being helicoptered the entire time by Beria, who's hovering over these guys, telling them not to fuck up. And I'm going to read a page, 798, from the book that I've been using for this research to kind of just explain to you how this was going. Because he literally says, it was a fucking comedy of errors. Here we go. All right. Their examination of the powerless, once omnipotent patient was a comedy of errors. They were all trembling like us, observed Loskachev. First, a dentist arrived to take out Stalin's false teeth, but he was so frightened they slipped out of his hand and fell onto the floor. Then Lukonsky tried to take out Stalin's shirt in order to take his blood pressure. Their hands were trembling so much, noticed Loskachev, they could not even get his shirt off. Lukonsky was terrified to touch Stalin, quote-unquote, and could not get a grip on his pulse. <laughs> Hold his head properly! <laughs> Beria snapped. <laughs> and the clothes had to be cut away with scissors. I ripped open the shirt, recalled Laskachev. They began to examine the patient, quote, lying on a divan, on his back, his head turned to the left, eyes closed, with moderate hyperemia of the face. There had been involuntary urination, naturally. His clothes were soaked with piss. That was, that was my words, not theirs. <laughs> His pulse was 78, heartbeat faint. That's quotes. Blood pressure 190 over 110. If anybody here is in the medical field, you should know that's not the best. Uh, his right side was almost entirely paralyzed, while his left limbs quivered sometimes. His forehead was cooled. He was given a glass of 10% magnesium sulfate. Ugh. Nice. Here comes the best part. A neuropathologist, therapist, and nurse stood vigil... The doctors asked the guards who had seen what. The guards now feared for their lives as well. We thought this was it. That they're going to put us in a car and it's goodbye. We're done for. <laughs> and it upsets me by the fact that they were afraid they were going to die by doing the right thing. Yeah, well, I mean, they could have. Uh, if Stalin came to, that definitely could have happened. That would have been fucked. And he did. He did, but they kind of had to like keep the doctors in when he would just like come back in and out. So the doctors did conclude that Stalin had suffered a quote-unquote cerebral catastrophe. I want it to be known when I die it is a cerebral catastrophe. Cerebral catastrophe sounds like a really good name for like a heavy metal band. Pretty much. Uh, basically in medical terms it's a middle left cerebral arterial hemorrhaging. Basically meaning his brain is bleeding out. You good there? Seems right. like you're going through a cerebral catastrophe right now. Wouldn't you want that to happen? I would. I would also like you to stay the fuck awake for this. I am awake. You're not. Yes, sir. Okay. You're a bad liar. Anyway, at this point, there was little that they could do, though. That's the point. Was it the doctors 
attempted to try their best because all the other qualified ones had been shot or been in jail. It was, quote, that this was their determination of what they should do. Quote, absolute quiet, leave the patient on the divan, leeches behind the ears, always nice, cold compresses on the head, no food today. That was their, that was their instructions to them. Yeah, that's not giving anything uh, well. And it was, the I think it started with eight. It doesn't moved, get fat. Started from eight, moved to 12 leeches behind the ears. This is like wearing like fucking earrings, like accessories. Just fucking. <laughs> oh, so it upsets me because I have a, a genuine phobia of masses of living things. Ooh. Ooh that's gross. So anyway, Stalin's daughter, Svetlana. <laughs> Yes. She now makes her entrance as she is brought to Kunsebo by way of a phone call by Malenkov. That's a hell of a way to find out. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how... They didn't let her know until two days after the fact. When she arrived by car, she found Khrushchev and Bulgarian in tears. Naturally, they're fairly sad, though, even though they're still kind of planning things out. Next to be brought in is Vasily, who terrified of his father. And this is not a joke. It brought his work with him. He had Air Force maps of the city of Moscow who thought that had Stalin been so cognizant, Stalin would probably want to know what the fuck he was doing there. <laughs> That's how little Stalin cared about him. Oh, yeah. That actually makes me feel really bad for it's him. Very sad. Yep. Soon, Vasily was, for lack of a better term, shit-faced. Throughout March 4th and 5th, <laughs> two full days, he remained hammered, lurching in and out of rooms, shouting, You swine, Sam! Hey, hold up. You swear to heaven, save my father! And Svetlana is embarrassed. <laughs> For lack of a better word. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Yet, once it became obvious that the Generalissimo was thoroughly incapacitated, Beria began acting like more of a tool than usual, if that's possible. No, that was possible. It was. It is indeed very fucking possible. So, when Stalin would fall into unconsciousness, Beria oftentimes would launch into like a series of insults. He basically called him just like mocking him. Just talking shit, talking mad shit. And guess what? Like any mad shit talker on the internet, and I'm looking at you, Facebook fuckwits, um, whenever Stalin would stir and kind of wake back up, Beria would literally drop to his knees and kiss Stalin's hand before Stalin would go back out of consciousness and basically would just spit at him and would continue ranting. (laughs) He would literally do it on a dime. He was such a good actor, though. Like, he just is such a piece of shit. Anyway, we are now at 10 a.m. The old guard has traveled now to the Kremlin. So we have Beria, Khrushchev, Malenkov, uh, I think Molotov at this point. I don't know if Bulganin's there yet. But, yeah, uh, they've gone back to the Kremlin where they're now basically conferenced at around 1040 in what's known as sort of the little corner. Of the Kremlin. I tried to find an explanation of what that is. There is literally nothing. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, I don't know. But it, it basically, it's just it, it, wherever major conversations amongst Politburo members used to take place was just in this area of the Kremlin. And it, basically, they were just here to discuss the game plan at this point. And like, well, fuck. I mean, he's fucked. He's going to die. Um, How are we going to do this? Yeah. Oh, God. It, it's just fucking hell. Um, Yeah, it basically... They're hearing from a pair of doctors that were seeing Stalin Politburo. Malenkov decreed that a 24-hour vigil by the leaders should be taken in pairs. So you would have Malenkov 
and Molotov, Beria, and Khrushchev, they would, I mean, it wasn't that pairing, because Beria was not going to pair with Khrushchev at all. I think it was Beria and Malenkov and Molotov and Khrushchev, they were basically going for 24 hours, while the other one would leave, so that somehow they could sort of like alternate the power scheme here. And Beria and Molotov were the first to go back to Konsevo, basically provide sort of an overwatch. So Molotov and Mikoyan now were not asked... Because apparently they're just to get shit on the entire time. But McCoyan was ordered to stay in the Kremlin and basically run the country until, you know, Barry and the other guys came back. At around 8.30 p.m., we fast forward a little bit, Politburo leaders now under Barry's power met again in the little corner. Barry had divulged what the doctors had told him. And we do read a second highlighted section here. And this is what happens. So, this comes from Copran's official report. Cooperin is one of the doctors who talked. Basically, we did not present Stalin's condition as hopeless, but the patient had indeed deteriorated. His blood pressure is now 210 over 120. That's much worse. Oh, that's a lot of medical shit, but it's just worse. That's all we need to know right now. Breathing and heartbeat irregular. Six to eight leeches were applied around his ears. Stalin received enemas of magnesium sulfate, so spoonfuls of sweet tea. Sweet tea. Just a little bit of sweet tea there. Yeah, just, just to stick the hose up the backside and shoot whatever mineral liquid this is. Uh, mm-hmm. Buy my mineral liquid water. Support the show. This is Alex Jones. <laughs> We're done goddamn see my kids! Anyway, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was all fun and shit, but it wasn't working. This group of home remedies from Babushka here. Yeah. Just some old lady in there throwing cloves at him. Um... But yeah, it's getting worse, and they're they're telling them this, but really they're all kind of just ignoring the doctor's information. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, official meetings were pray or were basically paused here until about the fifth, because obviously the things are moving, the wheels continue to move. Barry and Malenkov whispered about the distribution of offices, and Khrushchev and Bulganin, who's now on the scene, wondered how to prevent Barry grabbing control of the secret police again. That was a big fear was that Beria basically would try to go back now with no real way of, like, checking his power and just throw a coup. That was really what was going to happen. It was obvious, of course, that Beria had planned his path to power with Malenkov. They'd already... They'd been talking about this shit since the first hour they'd come there. Malenkov planned, planned to head the government as secretary, and Beria would, again, obviously return to head the in, MGB and the MVD, which is basically military intel and domestic intelligence. Okay. Are we good? Yeah. We're crystal, bro. Alright. <laughs> Alright. Also on the morning of the 4th. I think I'm at the 5th there. Yeah, I think I'm at the 5th. Yeah, I'm at the 5th. I'm sorry. Did you mean the 5th? I did. I think are this you, was around the, the time... Are you pleading the 5th? This was the time where the research had gotten, I think, until like it's 4th hour that night. I'm like, you know what? I gotta do this Give in between. a little abstract? Yeah. <laughs> yeah probably. <laughs> he left... Uh, Khrushchev left Conceivo to... Trampoline house. No, yeah. <laughs> Trampoline house. <laughs> he didn't leave Bentley to Bounce Castle. He left the Bounce Castle to go to Chuck E. Cheese. It's like six beers deep. I left the fancy castle to go to Chuck E. Cheese. I don't know. So Chuck E. Cheese is not open anymore. What the fuck's going on? That wouldn't let me lick the front door. (laughs) (laughs) I want to be the Chuck E. Cheese mascot. (laughs) Anyway, so yeah, I I wouldn't recommend licking 
really Any most door. things uh, nowadays, yeah. so yeah. You know what? Do it at your own peril. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> so yeah, Khrushchev left the dacha to go catch some sleep at home. And at that time, too, there were now moments of slight improvement for Stalin. Here's one of the points where there was some improvement was quoted here. Page 803. They were feeding him with soup from a teaspoon. And when he pointed up at one of the mawkish photographs on the wall of a girl feeding a lamb and then pointed at himself. But, oh, okay. it was cute. He sort of smiled, thought Khrushchev. The magnate smiled back. Volotov thought it was an example of self-deprecating wit. Yeah. And then, uh, then what he did was he actually uh, he did a full stand-up comedy routine show, which I thought was very interesting. It was very strange. Yeah. <laughs> He's, he was like uh, that one insult comedian who goes and like roasts the crowd. Now we just realize that guy's an asshole and nobody really likes to be insulted unless you're a sadomasochist. And yeah, that's basically what he did. Yeah. You're goddamn right. All right. <laughs> you sounded like you were done. Like, all right, stop the recording. I'm done now. Stop it. Get the fuck out. <laughs> stop it. Anyway, can we keep going? You sound stupid. I don't know. Can we? I mean, shit. I hope so. I don't know. You said it in such a bitchy way. Can we get moving now? <laughs> or, uh, you're like me. Anyway. Yeah. So, 10-15. The doctors reported that the prognosis had indeed worsened. Vasily now is... Again drunk, still drunk, he's stumbling back into the story where, as they're looking after his dad, he comes back to accuse the doctors of killing his father again. Oh, fuck. Khrushchev basically runs defense and intercepts Vasily, pulling him into another room and telling him to calm the fuck down. <laughs> he doesn't even just shows up hammered and goes, you motherfuckers, and leaves. That's just how this goes. Which is well depicted in Death of Stalin, by the oh, way. Oh, very much so. Job. Yeah, uh, late on... Oh, no, it may have been the 4th. Oh, no, you're right. It was. I was right. It was the 4th. So late on that <laughs> day... You know what? Go fuck yourself, okay? I'm trying my best, man. You're fucking falling asleep here, okay? I'm doing great. You're not. Fuck yeah. You I need know. help. You're doing basic. <laughs> Don't let your dreams be dreams. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Shia LaBeouf quite yet. You're not going to put a paper bag over your head and say nobody cares about you anymore? No, I won't do that. I'd like to see you try that. Anyway... No, I want to... We're going to sit on that. We're going to sit... No, we're not. Anyway. So, yeah. Uh, Stalin's condition deteriorated late in the day. His breathing became short and shallow. Uh, what they kind of call the... I think it's Chena or... Sh- I always thought it was Cheyenne, but it's not that... Sh- I think it's Chena Stokes breathing pattern, which is basically sort of that, like... Like, shallow, fast, like, there's no oxygen. Thanks for that, Jake. Very yes. little. <laughs> that was disturbing. It was. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, no. Yeah, it was bad. Um, anybody who's ever had a hospice family member or anything like that, if you work in hospice, if you bike some wild fucking... Like, I don't know how the fuck you're a nurse you listen to this, because, God, we're stupid. We're probably... Yeah. But anyway, you probably know what we're talking about. It may have been changed from the chain of Stokes, but I'm assuming it's still that. Around 11.30 p.m. Stalin wretched, which is always a good word, wretched. with long pauses between ragged breaths. I don't know how the fuck at this point he's still going. Just, it's a miracle of science, really it is. It's the, uh, Iron Papa Stalin ball. Yeah, this one we call the, this one we call Power of Love right here. This Papa, the... Huey Lewis and his news are gonna find us. We're gonna be on Huey Lewis's news. That's just his shit list of people he sues. Yeah, we're gonna be on that shit, and I'm gonna be thrilled. 
Are going to be like the thriller for Michael Jackson with your pants down? No. Not that. Oh, Michael! Yeah, not that shit. Nope. <laughs> a boy can dream. Anyway. Uh, that moment, Beria, for some unfucking natural reason, commands Stalin be saved. <laughs> he starts shouting at the doctors to save him. They brought in an artificial respirator, and they didn't use it. Why? <laughs> I don't know. They brought in an artificial respirator. Why would they stop? And then the technicians that? just were not asked to use it. They were like, no, stand there. I, I like, this was his attempt at trying to give a shit, but it was, like, so po-faced, it's not even funny. Uh, the fifth, it broaches. <laughs> Holy shit. It's getting worse. Yep. Stalin has become ashen, his breathing worsened, obviously, at this point. His pulse is faint and fast. Spasms occurring shortly after at midday. He starts vomiting blood. Oof. Sign of stomach hemorrhaging, by the way. Not good. Not good. Neat good. That's just neat good. You know, maybe you should keep the English, but sometimes you have a hard enough time with that. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Take that, you Ukrainian. All right. <laughs> I I found All right. All right. Moving on, 3.35 p.m. The breathing ceases for, quote, five seconds every two to three minutes. Well, that's not good. I don't know how it's happening like this. How the fuck is... How does the breathing stop, but you still keep going? It's like the breathing's making, like, a bunch of different types of music right now, and it's... He's he's a human beatbox, but not by design. DJ sassy style. I don't know. You really just don't give a shit tonight, do you? No, I was, I was legitimately trying to come up with something, I just couldn't get that. Okay. <laughs> Didn't work. Yeah, we've come to the point where the final painful end of finally come. We, this is it. This is, here we are, we're in the home stretch. Yeah? The checkered flag is on the line. Okay. Not, not, not in the episode series, we've probably got one more after this, but I mean for Stalin at yeah, least. Yeah, there's gonna probably going to be one, there's definitely going to be a part four to this. So. Maybe, we'll see. Tight, hold your belts tight one more time. Yeah, make another notch because you don't have any food. Anyway, at this point, here's the best part. This is the best part, actually, because as he is dying, literally just retching and all that shit, he, it's it's bad. Beria Khrushchev Malkov received orders from the Politburo to, quote, ensure that any and all documents be collected. Uh-huh. Here we go. Barry hustles his fat ass into Stalin's office because rooting through the now dead General Ismail's files for anything useful or incriminating towards rivals. He's just he's just shrouding his sausage fingers through all of his documentation. Uh, fuck. Yeah. And he destroyed anything that he couldn't take or didn't want, and he walked away with it. Anything he did. The fact is, though, and here's the big point in the future, was that these documents they probably destroyed or took and then destroyed later spotlighted Beria's, Malenkov's, Khrushchev's roles in some of the most heinous crimes of that regime. Khrushchev's role in the Holodomor, Malenkov with the Nazi pact, and a number of other fucking things he's done, especially the war against the Finns, because he, he was directly intervened the fact that somebody that probably had something to do with the war crimes, and Beria, who we already know, is a fat, rapey bastard. Yep. In fact, Beria's um, specific role in the Katyn massacre for if we do have any Polish listeners, which I don't think we do. Um, that's a national tragedy, by the way. He had a direct hand in that. Uh, of course he did. Yeah. 
And he, they just got rid of all that. Oh. Yeah. It didn't happen, huh? No, it didn't happen. Wonderful. I don't know why we're laughing at that. We're not meaning to. No. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, that afternoon the three just began destroying the evidence. That's how it worked. Something that would sure Khrushchev and Malkov's asses at least. They never got shot. And it's kind of weird too because I was reading partials of Khrushchev's memoirs and it was just a lot of like, uh, for the most part it was just like uh, him trying to explain himself but without actually explaining himself. Oh. In a way that was like, oh, I didn't do that. What are you talking about? And it was like, well, fuck. Okay. You did though. And, uh, but hey, thanks for not blowing us all up though. That was fun. What if I didn't? What if it was, what if it was an extra beat? What if it was future Stalin? And he came back to kill JFK. Shit. (laughs) You sound so stoned right now, but you're not. I'm not. I'm not stoned. Whoa. (laughs) Whoa. Whoa, bro. Whoa, bro. So yeah. Uh, Barry returned and he put out an instruction for them to gather in a side room in order to plan the new government system. And so this kind of works out like this. Barry and Malenkov implemented what they call the collective leadership system. Basically, it was them taking turns with appointing people and power. The idea was that, like, Barry would do it, then, yeah, back and forth. Molotov was ideally supposed to return to foreign ministership, uh, which he kind of did. Uh, also, fun fact, Molotov's wife currently in Barry's prison. Oh. Yeah. Well, fuck. Well, fuck, yeah. Not great. Uh, McCoyan, he's now going to be the Minister of Internal and External Trade, which is a big fucking job. Yeah. But he was, he was pretty well done for it. Khrushchev was remaining the senior secretary. He was barred from active government, though. Just very edge, just taking a shit on everything. Yeah. Uh, and Beria independently dominated the stage with, by, quote, reuniting the MVD and the MGB while remaining first deputy premier, which basically meant he was just running the show. Uh, Malenkov elevated to both Stalin's post as... Oh, no, no, Malenkov was his premier and the secretary. And, sorry, Beria was going to be acting as the... Sorry, I got that all fucked up. And then Bill Gannon, who we have literally not seen at all. At all. Oh. He's just been that guy in the back. It's not really sure. He's like up. me at parties. Just <laughs> there. Nobody cares. Anyway. Uh, Bill Gannon's minister position for defense, he's bolstered by familiar names. Zhukov and Vel- or Vasilevsky, who are both like pretty serious names from World War II. So, yeah, that's pretty do- It's dope. I hope you feel how dope it is. I, uh, I'm feeling... You feeling dopeness. it now, Mr. Krabs? Feeling dopeness. You feeling it now, Mr. Krabs? Some days. Okay. <laughs> not today, though. <laughs> Definitely not today. Anyway, uh, at this point, Barry is going to go into full-on Bond villain territory. He's bolstered by his successes. And then he just decides to complete a serious 180 on his fucking position, because he's got no soul. And effectively what that meant was that he did a number of things that just kind of, for the most part, removed himself from being the bad guy, attemptingly. So what I have here is the final highlighted section from the book that I read. At this point in time, because now Stalin is no longer a threat, he can unleash his loathing of Stalin. That scoundrel, that filth, God, thank God we're free of him. He could expose the phony Generalissimo. He didn't win the war. He's soon telling his confidants, we won the war. Furthermore, we would have avoided the war. Kind of true. 
Um, he re- he harnessed the phrase cult of personality to do- denounce Stalin. He would free the nationalities, open the economy, liberate East Germany, empty the labor camps with a beneficent amnesty, and expose the doctor's plot. He did not doubt for a moment that a superior intelligence and fresh anti-Bolshevik ideas would triumph. Even Molotov realized, quote, he was a man of the future. 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 Just want to take a hot minute to realize he played himself as the liberator now. God. He's such a fucking bastard. It's not fun. Yeah. So, these were, some people were taken by his shift at anti-Bolshevism. That looked pretty cool. People thought he was sincere. A lot more remained terrified of Barry's repugnant personality and brutality because clearly the track record showed he was a motherfucker and there wasn't much you could do about it. And not in a good way. Not in a good way. Unless you dealt with him. So, the officials gathered at this final day to bid their final goodbyes to the hospice leader lined in pairs from most to least important that seems like something you would do in fucking elementary school yeah form a line yeah put form. your left hand in put your right hand <laughs> you're up. so fucking and done shake it all you're so about. fucking done with do this episode pokey and she turns it all around I, I that's wish. what it's all about I'm sorry but there's not a lot of laughs in this one if you're not fucking running a track here ha 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 fuck you <laughs> <laughs> yeah I know uh, yeah, Bulganin was left behind again. The remaining party officials hustled back to the Kremlin. Bulganin is left at the doctor, by the way. And in my mind, all of a sudden, all of the fucking leaders of the Kremlin literally hustled into their cars and sped away <laughs> back to... Look, oh God, it's so bad! Anyway, we gotta go. Catch you later. Drive, Gerald! God damn it, drive! Catch you later, Brasky. We gotta beat that fat bastard back! <laughs> They're basically there to officiate the new government. Oh, God. Jesus Christ. Yeah, official work is out of the way. Everybody awaited a phone call on Stalin's death from Bulganin, but Stalin was still kicking. Caw. Kicked it again. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, everybody returned and save Bulganin. Oh, God. <laughs> they got in their cars and drove back. Five, 15 some odd people just spending gas all fucking day. What a joke. Oh, yeah. On the arrival, Stalin was pushing 48 breaths a minute. Doesn't seem so bad. Well, it's not great. It's not great, though. That was around 9.30 p.m. 9.40, Beria, not Stalin's children. Just want to point that out. Beria making the call here. Not his daughter, not his son. Ordered additional steps to be taken to push the old man over the line. They're basically looking for ways to kill him at this point. So they took an an injection of adrenaline and was administered. He slowly began drowning in his own fluids, and that's how he died. So basically, he could have still technically came out of it had they just... I don't think he could have. It just They sped the process at this point. Like, just pulled the plug. Seems like Houston is probably not going to work, but fuck it, Houston tried. Yeah, but that's the thing that really fucks it, is really like, it's not his kids making that decision. It's this fucking other guy. Like, yeah, it's fun. It would be like if... I don't want to use you as an example, but, like, if you had a family member that was on hospice and was, like, there, and rather than you guys making the decision, like, I made the decision, like, that's how fucked that is. 
Yeah. So, anyway. Uh, according to the accounts of those who witnessed the moment, the following goes like this. At the last minute, he opened his eyes, and it was a terrible look, either mad or angry and full of fear of death. So, in a way, I kind of take this as a serious note, was that he kind of started realizing he was probably going to... He was afraid. It was a man who was afraid of a lot of things. He was genuinely afraid of this. Not paranoid. He was just afraid that this was the end. Which I think most people could kind of understand. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, the standing members watched the focus of their world painfully die. And Barry returned to the Kremlin, like the opportunistic fuckhead that he is. Although, to be honest, everybody's kind of terrible in this situation. Yeah. Yep. And in quick response, all of the party officials then ran to their limos and vanished away to do their business again. God, it's like a, it's like that movie, A Mad Mad World, where they're just driving all over town. Yeah. It just reminds me of, like, the Blues Brothers, where there's, like, 80-some-odd cars, and as they park in the criminal, like, 100 cop cars are crashing into the buildings. <laughs> yeah. And there was an accurate observation, though, in the book that I used for this research, and how omnipotent Stalin's presence had been, he commanded in life. And it completely evaporated. Once he was dead, nobody cared. Well, they cared, but like on a surface level, maybe. So. And I'm not very happy, no? Almost. We're almost done. Almost. At least for this episode. And I quote it like this. I want to leave us on it just to kind of understand it. Is, quote, The instancia had left the building. I don't know what instancia is in Russian. I tried to get it translated. It doesn't really make much sense, at least not in that, because it makes it sound like it's a group of people. Why did you fucking say it? That's what's in the book. There's no explanation. <laughs> I don't know how else to fucking use it. The Colossus had vanished, leaving only the husk of an old man on a sofa in an ugly suburban house. Woo. <laughs> kind of a fitting end, to be honest, to his yeah. reign. Because all the fear and power he had, he's just some fucking dead guy now. He's that dead guy. He is. That specific he's dead the guy. It, he's got the it factor. Like, there have been other dead guys before, but he is that dead guy. He is that guy. He is that, yeah. He is. Yes, sir. That was deep. It's really deep. Balls deep. On that like one. Michael Jackson. <laughs> Jesus. All right, do you have any more shakers? <laughs> no, that's it for now. All right, so that's episode part three. Yeah. Uh, we're going to finish up with part quattro very soon, so... Very soon, in check fact. Out this that. is... What we did today was actually a combination of two parts of my research. The final one is very short. So we're going to check that out. You're going to check that one out. Uh, we'll be putting that in our feed as we normally do. fucking correct here, man. We're doing great. We're going to have some fun. Don't worry. Uh, after this podcast... This is really the low point After here. this podcast, Jake and I are going to have a good time drinking and uh and then i'm gonna make him mad with the bay of pigs oh dude bay of pigs is great by the way you're gonna uh, be super upset after the death of stalin series we're gonna cover another fuck up on the american side we're gonna go to the bay of pigs we're gonna go back to the soviets for fuck up on their side uh it's fucking beautiful it's great i love it so um please uh go ahead and follow us on instagram at hacked underscore history or on facebook at hacked history uh shoot us an email if you have any questions and please give us those ratings we really appreciate it We'd like to thank the squirrels for making the noise today. Yeah, otherwise known as Jake. No, it was the squirrels. Right. I don't know what you're talking about. All right, okay. Peace out, everybody. No, I'm still in control of the monitor. <laughs> Turn it off! <laughs>